Are you glad you came to church today? I am so glad I came. Man, I love you guys. I love doing life with you. It's amazing. So we're in this series called Valuable. As uh, Daniel mentioned at the beginning of the service today, if you're new, you're going to love this uh, because we are talking about the four things that we think are the most valuable in all of Scripture, but it doesn't come from us. Jesus gave us this word. They were asking him, hey, what's the most important thing? And he's like, uh, well, here it is. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Well, the fourth is also equally important. You need to love your neighbor as yourself. Nobody here lives that perfectly. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, you ain't perfect, I ain't perfect. None of us, none of us do that perfectly. We're striving, though. Turn to somebody and say, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying. Come on, tell them, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying the best I can. So we're in this series called Valuable where we're looking at those four things that Jesus talked about. We say it every week that this is a place of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. And we've talked about hope, we've talked about healing. Today we're going to talk about peace of mind. Peace of mind. Anybody can use some peace of mind. If you have a Bible, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 6, okay? Matthew chapter 6. And if you don't have a Bible, grab a, your phone download you version and uh, look for the New Living Translation. So if you're, you're trying to follow along, uh, look in the New Living Translation, or you can just stand there and just let me speak it to you. That's good for me as well, okay? Matthew chapter 6. So Matthew was a disciple of Jesus, followed Jesus all over the place, and he wrote the account of all these different stories. And in this one, in Matthew chapter 6, we're going to be in verse 25, he, he's been talking about... Um, possessions and money possessions and money none of us ever worry about any of those things so this is completely irrelevant to today right um, you know I always laugh sometimes people are like well the Bible's just irrelevant it's written like thousands of years ago it doesn't apply to my life I'm like when's the last time you read it because this is gonna this is about as relevant as it gets um, in verse 25. So it's talking about money and possessions, and Jesus says, that's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? It is, but how many times is that all we think about? Like, we know that. We know it's about more than just possessions and food and clothing and paying bills and going to work, blah, blah, blah. We know, but it's so easy to get caught up and, and miss the the bigger picture of life. He says, look, look at the birds. They, they don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more, far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Somebody say, no, uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> and why worry about your clothing? Some of y'all were worried about that just this morning. I don't know what to wear. I've had this. It is fall now, and I don't know. I can't be seen in church like this. I've had this before. Every lady in the place knows I've been wearing this. They know this. Now I'm preaching. All right. Why worry about your clothing? Come on, turn to somebody and say, you look great today. You look great today. Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or, or even make their clothing. Yet Solomon, who we talked about in, uh, in the last series, in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. If God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today, thrown into the fire tomorrow. 
He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What are we going to wear? How am I going to pay these bills? Where's the gas I'm going to get for my car? And what am I going to do about a job? And how are my kids going to have an education? And on and on and on. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. He'll give you everything that you need. And then he ends it by saying this. So don't worry about, I love, this is just practical advice. Take the spiritual thing off of it and just think of this as just practical advice. Jesus says, so don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow's going to bring its own worries. Like today, today's troubles, they're enough for today. Can I get an amen on that one? That is so true. So I want to talk to you for a few minutes about peace of mind. Let's pray together. Father, I'm so grateful for this community of believers, so grateful for this church, so grateful for those who are gathered today who are not people of faith yet. They don't know your name. We're so grateful, Father, that they're here. They're wrestling with doubts. They're wrestling with the struggles of life, and we all wrestle with that together. Help us today to get some real practical insight and help to this this thing called worry, this thing called stress, this thing called anxiety that we all struggle with. Help us, Spirit of God, come now and teach us, we pray, in Jesus' name. And the church said, all right, you can sit down. Well, worry has kind of overtaken our society, has it not? I mean, it's just, um, it's like become fashionable to, to worry. Uh, it's like an accessory that we wear. Like, I, I've got my ring of stress. I've got my watch of worry. I've got my necklace of anxiety. Doubles as a noose if I need it. Uh, it's just, <laughs> it's just, we, we worry. And I mean, if you have access to the internet, you have access to worry, do you not? I mean, worry is prevalent. If you take out your phone and you get anywhere near the internet, there is some kind of clickbait there, some kind of story at the bottom of the story you read or off to the side column that's telling you, hey, did you know that if you live in Oklahoma, you may struggle with this and it's a detriment to you? What is it? And you have to click on it. You know what I'm, I, I'm talking about? Or you, you just, it's just everywhere. It's, it's prevalent. And you, you look through your news feed and your social media, and some mom somewhere has reposted a story that, you know, hey, if your kid eats glue, here's five things you need to worry about. So I'm like, if your kid eats glue, you need to worry about more than five things, okay? So, but it's just, it's just everywhere that you. You, you turn. It doesn't matter. It, everyone is worried. Uh, I mean, you turn on the television, and the commercials come on, and out of nowhere, they hit you with worry. Do you have blotchy skin? <laughs> well, I, I do have a mark. I, I do. Is that, is that, honey, does that look blotchy to you? Does that look, does it, is it dry and itchy? Well, it wasn't, but yes, it is. It is. You're just like, you didn't have it before. And then they go with the side effects may include nausea, bloated stomach, and diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> Why do they always say diarrhea? I mean, always at the end of it. They just, it's like just a give all on that. Diarrhea. You know, some of you are like, how many times are you going to say diarrhea? Can you say diarrhea in church? He said diarrhea. Now he said it five times. He's saying diarrhea. Stop saying diarrhea. Now it's seven times. You know, but we worry. 
We, we worry, it's not, I mean, in the political climate, just a few weeks from today is the midterm elections. Oh my goodness, if that person gets elected governor, it's all over. It's all over. And then you, I, I, I saw this ad because we got all these state questions and you try to figure out how, how do I vote on a state question. I heard an ad, it actually said this. It said, vote yes to vote no on state question 895-781-24. Wait, what? Vote yes to vote no or vote no to vote, vote yes? Wait, what was the question? You ever got into the, 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 the ballot booth and then you realize, I didn't look up the judges. <laughs> I don't know who these people are. But that name, that sounds really smart and conservative. I'm going, <laughs> make your best, make your best guess. And, and if the outside voices don't get you, the inner voice does, doesn't it? Uh, it's that self talk, that you're, you're looking at your gas gauge go all the way down to empty while your checking account goes all the way down to empty, and you're wondering, do I, can I make it on these, these fumes for, I got, like, I got like nine days, and I got I to try to make it, and I, are we going to make it? And then that's, this bill's coming this way, and, the, and this person, then your kid, if you got children, they walk in the door, and they want to play sports, you know? Oh, great, you want to be in sports, which they say, yeah, and I got to have the uniform, and it's only $375, and I want the bag that goes with it. It's 125 and then can I have the pom-pom things? I need the fancy pom-pom things. Those are like $795. We'll take out a small loan to cover your third grade soccer team, okay? Oh, and we have to sell 200 pounds of peanut brittle by Friday. Are you kidding me? You go to school? Anybody go to school? Not any stress there, is there? Midterms, am I gonna, am I gonna make it through this, this class? And if I, oh man, and then you get the grade back, and oh, oh I wasn't expecting that, and now, is, um, now I'm done, and how am I gonna make it? And, and I, I'm, I'm never gonna ha have the career that I want, and I'm struggling, and you're in like second grade. You know, I mean, uh, there's so much pressure. Uh, on all of these things, maybe it's your health and you, you, you got a report and you're wondering, they got you on some meds and you're wondering, but is it going to, is it really going to turn it around and is it really, is it going to get better? I think, and just thinking about, about your future and then on, on top of that, you came to church this morning and your car's making some weird noise. You're like, what is that? How much is that going to cost me? We don't have the money for the, and what are we going to? We all deal with it, don't we? We all deal with, with stress and, and worry and anxiety at times. None of us, none of us want to live this way. Yet it at times overwhelms us. And that's what brings us to Matthew 6, 25. Jesus says, I, I, I know what everyone is saying. I, I, I know what the internet has got going on. And I also know what you're saying to yourself. I also know what's happening, that, that inner voice, and, and that's why I tell you what? Say these three words with me. What? Not to worry. Not to worry. Come on, tell somebody next to you, tell them, don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be, you can quote me, tweet that. I just came up with that, okay? That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Now, what you have to understand is the context. You think we have it bad in our society. You think your worry and your stress is tough. The audience that Jesus is talking to here 2,000 years ago is a group of Jewish people 
who are under Roman authority and law and are being oppressed by the Roman government. I mean, there is complete political instability. They are being taxed by Emperor Donald. I mean, it is... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's, 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 it is bad. And the taxes are killing them, and they're wondering, do they have enough to pay their bills? And they, if we are facing an uncertain future in this time period, it is very, very uncertain to them. So what I want you to know, and what I want to drive down very quickly here, is that Jesus is not saying to them or to us that those things don't matter. They do matter. And they matter to God. But what Jesus is saying here is he's saying, don't don't let those things dominate your life and you miss out on the more of life. These things dominate our our minds and we miss out on the more of life. If if you're taking notes, I'd like for you to write this down. The, The worries of life can rob me of the joy in life. The worries of this life can rob me of the joy in my life. Work becomes work. That job that you used to love, that job that you used to get excited about, that job that you were interested in, that brought you satisfaction, suddenly work becomes work because you hear this rumor about cutbacks, and, and then you hear, are they, am I going to lose my job, or are they going to cut back? And then you got a boss who's pressing on you for deadlines, and you got to get this, this project completed, and you got that deadline, and if you don't get it done, am I not going to get, am I going to get the raise, because Christmas is, is right around the corner, and am I going to, and work becomes work. Vacation with family is anything but a vacation. Why? Because you didn't really go on vacation. You packed up worry and anxiety and stress in the bag, and you took it on vacation with you. Laughter with friends is not really a time where you're laughing. Like everybody's sitting around the table, everybody's celebrating, everybody's laughing, and you're doing it. I mean, you're, you're laughing, but on the inside, you're not able to laugh because you're so consumed by that worry, by that situation, by that struggle that you can't enjoy life. Honestly, a simple walk in the park is not a walk in the park. Because when you're out and you should be enjoying just God's creation and just the peace of just being unplugged from everything, just the the peace and the beauty of fall when it arrives in like January, February. Uh, But the beauty (laughs) and the peace of, of fall, and you're missing it because you're not really, you're not really there. And, and that's what Jesus is speaking to here is that, that worry can keep us from enjoying the fullness of life that God offers to us. I like how the um, English Standard Version says it. It says this, do not be anxious about your life. Somebody say, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious about your life. I was listening to a um, podcast where the psychologist was talking about the effects of depression and anxiety, and it was very fascinating to listen to this guy because he said what happens, he said, the reason most people get depressed 
is because they get stuck in the past. We talked about that last week, didn't we? We talked about this idea that, that you can get stuck in your past, your guilt, the shame, and, and, and the regret of yesterday. And when you get stuck in your past, you can get stuck in depression. But he said there's one thing that uh, most people never think about, and that is you can actually get stuck in the future. Worrying about what might happen out there at some point. And he said, when you, when you get stuck in the future, that's called anxiety. When anxiety is rising up in you, it's because you're stuck in the future. And he said, if you want to have peace, if you want to have happiness, the way that you find that is by living in the present. You've got to be present. Come on. Tell somebody, ask somebody next to you, say, are you present? Like, are you present right now? Are you even present right now? Your peace is predicated in this very real-time moment, if you're present or not. The reason right now in this moment that you're depressed is because you're not present today and enjoying the house of God with the people of God. Instead, I'm back here in the past. Or you're so worried and you're so caught up and you're, you're so amped up about what is going to happen here that you're sitting in the seats and you're struggling with anxiety and worry and stress. And God says, be present, be present. What I, when I listened to this guy talk about that, I was like, I started laughing because I was like, that's what Jesus, that's the exact same thing Jesus said 2,000 years ago. The best psychologist that ever walked the planet was Jesus, and he walked 2,000 years ago, and he came, and in Matthew chapter 6, this is what he's talking about. He's talking about don't get caught in the past, don't get caught in the future, but be present. He says, it's this idea that uh, don't be anxious. This is why he says don't be anxious, because when we, when we worry, we're, we're living in a future that has not yet been written. And we are really good story writers, aren't we? We will write the end of that story, and it's never a happy ending, is it? I guess we're the worst story writers, we're like, oh, and I got these bills, and I don't know how am I going to pay these bills, and then the red bill is going to come in, last final notice, and then they're, oh, I'm not going to be able to pay that, and then they're going to come, and they're going to they're going to take my car, and they take my car, if they take my car, then I can't get to work, I can't get to work, I'm not going to have a job, if I don't have a job, then I'm going to have to sell my kids on Craigslist, <laughs> which isn't a bad idea. I've been thinking honestly about selling them, but that's a bad idea. But we write this this future that hasn't even been written. And we, I think we are amazing illustrators because we're really good at drawing conclusions. We draw conclusions. I saw this recent survey that they did where they asked these people what they were worried about. And researchers had them write down what they were worried about, and then they tracked these people for a certain amount of time, and then they came back, and what they found was 80 of what they were worried about and had written down never even happened. 85% of what we are worried about will more than likely never, ever 
happen. Come on, tell somebody behind you, in front of you, wherever they are, tell them don't get stuck in the future. Don't get stuck in the future. And Jesus tells us how to get unstuck. He says this in verse 26. He says, look at, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more what? What? Valuable. You're far more valuable to him than they are. You know, when you value something, you will take care of it. I, I had a um, 1995 Chevy Suburban, a, a, a great vehicle with a lot of character. A lot of character. 264,000 miles of character on this thing. I mean, it would just roll up wherever I was. I could just roll to the beat. Anybody got a car? You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, yeah. I could take the steering wheel and I could do this, and I would still be straight on down the road. <laughs> a lot of good character. You know, and I got to the point where I didn't really care much about it. I didn't, I didn't care where I parked. I mean, I didn't care if somebody door dinged me. I'd leave the keys in the car hoping somebody'd steal the thing. I didn't care. I'd drive by a car wash. I'd watch people throwing 12 bucks down on a car wash. I'd be like, I ain't paying 12 bucks for a car wash. God's going to wash my car. <laughs> I didn't care. Until I got a truck. I had a nicer truck than the Suburban I had, and suddenly it had value, and it had worth, and I... I cared about where I parked it. I, I now park it out in Soboleski territory. That is where I park my truck. Some of you are like, what? Wait, who? When you leave today, our keyboard player, Stan Soboleski, you see a beautiful car in the far end of the parking lot, never, ever parked at next to that vehicle, okay? I'm just telling you, or you will be excommunicated from the church. I'm just telling you. That's just how it rolls. You know, I, now when I go to the car wash, I'm like, hmm, 12 bucks, maybe 16, and I can get the rainbow lights and the cool foam. <laughs> Why? Because I value it. And Jesus says, what? Aren't you more valuable to your heavenly father than, than the birds of the air? Like, you are valuable to God. You are his most cherished possession. He cares about you. He sees you. You have value to him. You are his most prized possession. And that means that he is going to provide for whatever it is that you need. Peter, who walked with Jesus. Peter, another disciple of Jesus. We talked about him in week one of this series. He had a front row seat, and he said this in a letter that he wrote, 1 Peter 5, 7. He said, give all your worries and cares to God. For what? Say this with me. What? He, he cares about you. He cares about you. This is one of our four core values right here, if you want to write this down. Peace of mind is found in Jesus. Peace of mind is found in Jesus. I was walking through a, a parking lot, and I saw this mangy old bird, and, and uh, I mean, can you, he had like one eye. He was a black bird in the, in the grocery store parking lot, and he had like a feather like, kind of like this, you know? <laughs> and, and he was just kind of like hobbling along, and he had like a chip beak, and he looked up at me. He's like, eh, like that. And I was like, all right, dude. Now I know why you ain't got no friends, because there ain't nobody around you. And then I looked over, and this bird reached over and picked up this scrungy, nasty, gross McDonald's French fry off the ground. And I just, honestly, I just thought to myself, 
if God cares about that bird, <laughs> how much more does he care about me? <laughs> and that's what Jesus says here. The birds, they don't plant, they don't harvest, they don't store, yet God looks out for them. Now, Jesus isn't saying, hey, do nothing. Put it on cruise control. I got it. Can I tell you, that's not a great strategy. Like so, Some people have this idea like, well, I'm just... I'm just waiting on God. God's going to provide. Just trust in him. What are you doing? Oh, nothing. Just praying about it. Okay, prayer, important. But, but what you need to understand throughout Scripture, what we see here, and Jesus is kind of saying here again, he's saying, listen, we, we are created by God to plant, to harvest, and to store. In other words, we are partners with God, and we have a part to play in the story. So here's what I want you to do. The next time that you're worried, I want you to ask yourself, what season am I in? What season am I in? Is this a season where I should plant? Is this a season where I should harvest? Or is this a season where I should store? In other words, is this a season where I should plant? Should I do something? Should I put something out there? Is this a season of harvest? Sometimes God's already provided the answer. All you got to do is go, go, go get it, Okay. But then there are times where you need to stand your ground. I planted, I've harvested, and I've stored it up, and now I just need to stay the course. For some of you, it's about staying the course. A week ago, we had our leadership lab, and uh, what an incredible time we had with Dave Jewett. But Dave wasn't our original speaker. My good friend Mark Eaton was. But a week before the event, on a Monday morning, I got a call and Mark had had emergency surgery, and he was going to be, wasn't able to come. And, and I want to tell you, in that moment, I, I would love to tell you, man, I started praying, trusting Jesus, and all that. I freaked out. I didn't know what to do. And I'm like, oh. And then, but then I thought, no, you know what I need to do? I need to plant. And so I started texting all my friends, my pastor friends, leaders that I knew. Do you know anyone? Who's out there? And next thing I know, one of my buddies texted me back, and he said, there's this guy named Dave Jewett. I didn't know Dave. I didn't know. Anyway, so I looked, looked him up, and he runs this organization called Your One Degree. And then I began to look into Dave, and Dave, Dave's kind of a big deal. Dave, uh, real big deal. Uh, Dave coaches CEOs and politicians and athletes. He, he, uh, he coaches people in Hollywood. One of the people we saw at Leadership Lab that he coaches is Glenn Keane. You don't know Glenn, but Glenn is the number one animator in Hollywood. Like, when you take your kids to see a Disney movie, he drew it. He drew Aladdin, he drew uh, characters from Frozen, and, and the biggest character he drew was the Beast. Cool thing is Glenn's a believer, and Glenn, I didn't know this, but Glenn had drawn the Beast through the eyes of 2 Corinthians 5.17. Behold, you are, uh, you are created anew in Christ Jesus. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone, the new has come, and he wrote and developed, I'm sorry, drew the beast through the eyes of that lens. How powerful is that? That's amazing. And that's who he was coaching. And I'm like, Stu's way out of our league. Way out of our league. But my buddy had sent me his phone number. And I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll just call him. And so I'm <laughs> dialing and I'm listening and I'm thinking, I'll just leave him a voicemail, you know. Next thing I know, I was like, hey, uh, hello, this is, uh, hello. And I'm like, hello? Yeah, this is Dave. <laughs> Dave? <laughs> It's like talking to LeBron James, okay? Get off my back. <laughs> this is Brad. <laughs> yeah, Brad? What are you doing? I was just freaking out. And, I, and we had this conversation, and, 
And I told him what we were doing. I'm like, there's no way this guy's coming. He goes, hey, I'm actually free for lunch, and I'm in the area. Do you get lunch plans? And the crazy thing is I didn't have lunch plans, and, and so we, we met crazy, crazy, God crazy. We meet, and, and, and he said, I'd love to come, and so we, we, we harvested. So what, what, what season, my point is, what season are you in? God calls us to plant, he calls us to harvest, and then he calls us to store. And, and look, look what he says, this. Jesus, Jesus tells us this, let's say this, all, all worry does is raise your level of fear. That's all it does. Raises your level of fear, and when it raises your level of fear, you have one of two reactions. You either freeze or you freak out. You freeze, you just do nothing, or you freak out and you do stupid. And Jesus says here in the, in the next few verses, he tells us to raise our level of faith by looking to God who has the answers. Look at verse 31. He says, so don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? Like some of y'all right now are already thinking, church is going to be over. What are we going to eat? I don't know. Where do you want to eat? I don't know. Where do you want to eat? Like what? Don't worry about that. Stay present. Come on, tell somebody stay present. Stay present. What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. This is key. But your heavenly father, what? He, he what? Already knows. If you have a Bible, you should circle that. You should underline that. I want you to write the word future next to that word. I want you to write down the words already knows and put the word future next to it. This is so key. He already knows because he is already in my future. So he says, seek the kingdom of God above all else, live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Jesus is saying, focus on God because he already knows what your needs are because he is already in your future and he is securing the victory for you. That's a really good place to say amen because it's so true. So the disciples of Jesus are gathered at this teaching, and they're hearing Jesus teach, and what they don't realize is that in a couple of years, they didn't realize how desperately they were going to need this teaching, because a couple of years later, they were going to be standing there on a Friday afternoon, and, and all hope was gone. In this moment, they, they can't be present in this moment because now they're stuck in the future. They're like, well, wait a second. He said he was the Messiah. He said he, the kingdom of God was going to come. And, and this, and if they killed him, what are, what are they going to do to me? This is where the disciples were on that Friday at 3 p.m. Like, I... What's going to happen to me? Guys, we've got to go into seclusion. We've got to go into hiding. Why are they thinking that way? Because they are stuck in the future. But let me tell you this. God was already in the future securing the victory. He was already there preparing a resurrection. He was going to change the entire course of human history Everything was going to flip on its head. But the disciples, in this moment, they're worried. Anxiety is as high as it can possibly get because they're stuck. They're just stuck. Are you stuck? I want to tell you, peace of mind is found in Jesus. 
I want to ask you the same question that Jesus asked the crowd that day. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Can they? Can, can all the worries add a single moment to your, to your life? Here's the thing I know is worrying can't add moments, but worrying can, can steal them. It can steal precious moments in, in, a, in our lives. It can steal moments with your family. Moments where if you're present in that moment with your family, the joy and the peace and the love in that moment. Moments with, with friends. It can steal moments with friends because I, I, I'm stuck in a future that has not yet been written. But I, if I can just be present. But worry can steal moments with friends. It can steal moments of celebration. It can steal moments of joy. It can steal this very moment right here. And that's why we have to fight to live in the present. But you can't live in the present unless you trust God with your tomorrow. If I can trust God with my tomorrow, then I can be present today. 